Next week, you want to make sure you're here and that you're prepared for that. We are in the second lesson in our series that we're calling How Long, O God. It is a study of the book of Habakkuk. And last week, Habakkuk began with that statement, How Long, O God? How long, O Lord, are you going to put up with what's going on in our world? Um, now, this week, Habakkuk's going to talk about something that's hard for a lot of us. He's going to talk about waiting. Now, some of y'all have heard me tell this story before, but when the, uh, when the girls were little, we took them to Disney World because that's what you do when your girls are little. And uh, we, we took them to Disney World, and, you know, we go and we do the whole thing. And, and Disney World, there are two things you can be sure of when you're there. Um, you're going to spend lots of money, and, and you're going to wait. And uh, I am not good at waiting. I, I don't enjoy waiting. I'm not good at it. I'm even worse at it in June in Florida, or July, rather, in Florida. Um, but we did a lot of waiting. Olivia was my was at that time little bitty I think like three or four and she was still at that age where we had to wait to see every character um, because she was not just meeting a girl in a Tinkerbell costume she was meeting the real Tinkerbell herself and so it was a big deal and so we spent a lot of time waiting and waiting and waiting, standing in line in the Florida July heat, sweating. And, you know, that makes you really happy. And it makes you, uh, it's the happiest place on earth. And, and it makes you really, really easy to get along with. And so I, I was in one particular line. It was late in the day. We had been waiting and waiting and waiting all day. And we're waiting in this line to meet some character, and I don't remember which one it was, but we had been waiting for a long time. And the line was one of those that had weaved around, and we were finally within striking distance. I could see the character that we were supposed to be meeting. We were like three or four people back, and it was so close, because if we could do this, then I'm sure I could find an ice cream or a drink on the way to whatever line's next. So uh, this is where I'm at, and as we move up, we get a little bit closer, and, and, and we get a little bit closer, and the little girls are getting antsy, and they've been waiting a long time, and they're not real good at waiting either, and as we get it, we're almost there. There's two couples, two families in front of us, and this family comes in out of the blue, and they just walk right up, and they go, and they're taking pictures with the character, and I'm incredulous. I, I'm like, oh, what in the world? I, there's a line that stretches, and, and you people just walk up like it's nothing. I'm mad. And so, you know, I've been in line all day, and I'm hot, and I'm unhappy. And so I storm up to the little cast member, and I get in her face. What is going on? I've been waiting here for 30 minutes. I've been sitting in this line, and I'm sweating in the hot sun, waiting on this thing. And these people just walk right up. And how can you let that happen? And she goes, sir, that's a make-a-wish family. There was not a hole big enough that I could have crawled into. Big bad man had just uh, went ahead and shoved both feet in his mouth. 
Last week we began looking at Habakkuk, and Habakkuk's message is, How long, O Lord? How long are you going to put up with this stuff? And God answers Habakkuk. But God's answer is one that we struggle with. Because God's answer to Habakkuk is wait. Wait. If you have your Bibles this morning, Habakkuk chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 2 and read verse 2 and 3. Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and it will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. God's answer is wait for it. Wait. Wait on the Lord. Wait for it. Your answer is going to come, but it's not going to come in the time you want. It's not going to come in the way you want. Wait. And we don't like that. Frederick Buechner says that, the, that, that we are in a perpetual state of waiting. He says, I think we're waiting. That's what's at the heart of it. Even when we don't know that we're waiting, I think we're waiting. Even when we can't find words for what we are waiting, I think we're waiting. It seems throughout Scripture that one of God's answers is always wait. God seems to always say, wait. No matter what the question is, no matter what the, the, the prayer is, God seems to say, wait. And that's what he says to Habakkuk. Your answer's coming. It's going to come to you, but you're going to have to wait. Why? Why does the Lord seem so intent on us waiting? Well, there are a few reasons I want us to look at this morning because I think there are many of us who are in that place in our lives. I don't know what you've been praying for. I don't know what you've been asking for, but you may have been begging God for something in your life, and the answer so far has been wait. Why? Well, there are a number of reasons. One is that waiting on the Lord requires trust. We have to trust God. We have to trust God in what He's doing. We have to, 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 to believe that, that God is doing something, that, that God is at work. We have to believe that, that, that waiting on God means that I'm going to develop more of a trust in what He is about. We're, we, have to, we have to give God the benefit of the doubt that there's something going on. We have to, uh, we have to actually trust that God is who He says He is. Waiting on God also reminds me that God is in control. Because I have a tendency to want to run things. I have a tendency to want to be in control. And so that's one of the reasons why waiting is hard for me. I will wait. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, declares the psalmist in Psalm 130. I wait for Yahweh. I wait and put my hope in His Word. I wait for the Lord more than watchman for the morning. More than watchman for the morning. In the Bible, in the biblical times, watchmen vigilantly guarded the city. And they would stand on the top of the wall and, and they would look out. They were watching for whatever was coming. And, and the psalmist compares that. Habakkuk is going to say, I'm going to take my place on the wall like a watchman, and I'm going to watch for what the Lord is doing. Because this waiting that God is asking us to do is not a passive waiting. 
It doesn't mean we're just sitting around thumbing through a magazine or playing Candy Crush on our phone. It means that we are actively watching. We're waiting, but we're looking. We're watching for what God is doing. We're watching for what's about to happen. Waiting on God reminds me that God is in control, and I need to be watching for what He's doing. It reminds me that I'm not in charge. It's easy to think that I'm in control, that I'm in charge. It's easy to think that I have everything under control, but I'm the patient I'm, I'm in the waiting room. I'm the one that's on the stretcher. I'm the one that's waiting, and God is the one doing the work. Waiting also reminds me that I'm not God. That, there's, that's hard for us because we like to think that we have everything in control. We like to remake God in our own image, and sometimes it's important for us to remember that I'm not God. Now, We're pretty thankful for that, right? I mean, I'm thankful that I'm not God, and I'm sure you're thankful that I'm not God, because we we can't handle that role. As a man, I want to fix things, right? I I want it to be done. I I, want to correct whatever the problem is. I want to push past it. But from time to time, I have to be reminded that I'm not God, and there are things that I can't fix. There are things that are outside of my abilities. There are things that are outside of my understanding. My job is not to be the fixer. My job is to be the watchman. The one standing on the wall waiting, looking for what God is doing. Waiting on the Lord also puts me out of the way. And and God can do His work. When I'm waiting on the Lord, not only do I, I want to be involved in God's work. I want to see God's work. I want to be part of God's work. And a lot of times my problem is, is that I want to rush God's work. I I, want to make things happen. Whatever injustices I see, whatever needs I see, whatever struggles I see, I want it fixed and I want it corrected and I want to do it now. In the church, I want the church to grow, and I want the church to to, to do this, and I want the church to do that, and I want us to to be able to to have this outreach, and I want us to be able to have this ministry, and there's all these things that I want to do, and God says, wait. Wait. And waiting on God allows God to do His work, because God's timing is always better than mine. God's timing is always better. Habakkuk's going to say, I will stand at my guard post and station myself on the lookout tower. I will watch to see what he, God, will say to me and what I should reply about my complaint. That's when the Lord answers him and says, wait, it's coming. Your answer's coming, but wait for it. Because see, we have, to, we have to remember that God is at work. God is doing what God is doing. And sometimes we don't understand it. Sometimes we don't see it. But God is working. And that waiting is part of our relationship with Him. Waiting on God increases my strength. You've all heard the passage in Isaiah that those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. The time will come when those who wait on the Lord will soar, but until that time, we, the church, are waiting. 
So the first thing God asks us to do is wait. But it's not a passive wait, it's an active wait. He wants us waiting and he wants us watching. But the second thing that he asks Habakkuk is almost harder than the first. As hard as it is for us to wait, the second thing that he tells him is even harder. In verse 20 of chapter 2, The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. Now, this may be the hardest task of all. Because we live in a noisy world. And I'm not just talking about car horns and jackhammers. I'm talking about everything in our world that's pulling at our attention. Our world is noisy. There's always something. There's always something going on. It's, it's the noise of our jobs and the noise of our families and the noise of our sports and the noise of our hobbies and the noise of our, our everything. Now you add in there social media and, and, and we've got we've to check out what, what uh, so-and-so had for breakfast this morning. We've got to check out the latest cat videos and we can't miss out on anything. And, and, and then we have this constant feed of, of news. We have to be up to the minute on everything. And so we have 24-hour news feeds that are feeding us stuff all the time. And we, we, just, we, we have all this noise. And God says, you need to wait, but you need to wait in silence. Let all the earth be silent before him. Silence is a precious commodity that, according to some studies, is disappearing. Um, in, the newest, uh, in the newest study out of Europe, uh, noise pollution is described as an underestimated threat that hurts our health, contributing to everything from stress to high blood pressure, cardiovascular disease, dementia, diabetes, and, of course, hearing loss. It's estimated that in Europe alone, the, the, the cost of, of, uh, in, in dollars is somewhere around $40 billion in health costs that are caused by this noise that we live in. Norman Farb, assistant professor of psychology at the University of Toronto, writes this, In the contemporary world, with its marvels of modern-day technology, it's not really acceptable anymore to not be in touch. As young people especially have a fear of missing out. The need for silence is a response to this feeling of being overwhelmed by the constant demand for engagement. See, but this is not new. As far back as the book of Habakkuk, God was saying, look, you need to wait and you need to watch. And the way you do that is to be silent. So this week I'm going to give you a challenge. And it's going to be hard. It's going to be a lot harder than you think it is. I want you to carve out some time for silence this week. It's up to you what that looks like. I mean, some of you, you your, your lives are so hectic and so busy, you're going to do, do good to get uh, to 10 minutes somewhere. I understand that. Nobody's judging you. But, but I want you to try to find some time for silence. Maybe in your morning commute, you, you shut off the radio, you, you shut off the podcast or whatever it is you listen to, and you wait in silence. Maybe you, you, you're an early riser and you get up a little earlier before the rest of the family so that you can have that time 
of silence. Maybe, maybe you just uh, you, you take a break and you shut off social media for a couple of days this week. I don't know what it looks like for you, and I'm not trying to tell you what to do. But I am trying to say that for us to wait on God, for us to watch for God, for us to hear the still small voice, we have to carve out some space in our life for silence. So we're called to wait. We're called to watch. And the Lord says, we're called to be silent before Him. How long, O Lord, is the prophet's cry? How long are you going to put up with the injustice, the violence, this lost and dying world that we see all around us? And and God's response is, wait. Just wait. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. You're not going to believe it if I told you. That's what he tells Habakkuk. What I'm going to do, you're not going to believe even if I told you. But, but I'm going to do something, and, and I want you to wait, and I want you to watch, because the Lord is in his holy temple, and you need to keep silence before him. This morning, if we can help you with that, we're going to sing a song right now, and that's part of what that is. It's, it's an opportunity for you to connect for us to go with you in prayer to God, for us to lift you up in prayer. It's an opportunity for you to respond publicly to God if you need to uh, repent, if you need to confess, if you need to be baptized. That's the opportunity is at this time. When we sing this song, this is your opportunity to connect. But this week, we're going to spend this whole week waiting and watching and trying to carve out little bits of silence. Be still and know that I am God, he says. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. I want you to wait on the Lord this week. Stand on the watchtower alert. If we can help you this morning, I encourage you to come right now. while.